and welcome back to episode 139 of the weekly tech rap with me jay and me carl well we are recording on you know the day of uh well the 14th of july here in summer where in the uk at least it is somewhat wet and windy unlike the, uh, unlike the cerebus uh heat wave that's threading through uh, most of southern europe at the moment with temperatures in the kind of late 40s and in the us i think i think they've just recorded apparently the hottest ever temperature in death valley which is 131 fahrenheit um apparently wow. there was apparently there was an historical temperature of 134 fahrenheit in death valley but apparently i read something earlier that experts decided that that was rubbish uh, and <laughs> 131 uh is the one apparently they just recorded i mean that's nuts isn't it? i mean that is hot 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 so you know climate change isn't real gentlemen ladies and gentlemen it is not real at all um, I, I do think it's funny that the aptly uh, they recorded that temperature in furnace creek ah uh, of course i think that's why it's named furnace creek is it's probably yeah, the hottest yeah. place in in the valley so whilst the whilst the world heats up, where we have got the latest hot tech stories coming to you, the end. I can do segues too, you know. Um, we have got this week. Uh, we got the EU is uh, EU antitrust teams out this week. Uh, not the CMA. Uh, they are looking at Microsoft. We're going to talk Twitter. We're going to talk Tesla, Razor. We're going to also give you a little bit deeper look into Meta's new Threads uh, program. Uh, program? What the hell's a program? Threads application, I should okay, say. Yeah. Oh, what have I just landed? It's in? what we used to get before apps. That's the one, yeah. Uh, we, what's wrong with me today? Um, and we've got the Tech Rad Rumor Mill is back with an iPhone 15 rumor indeed. Um, so where do we kick off then? Let's kick off with the EU, I suppose, and the, their antitrust team that's looking potentially at a full-blown Microsoft probe. Now, this just to be clear, yeah. this is nothing to do with the Activision um, acquisition, which uh, last week got the uh, the, the all-clear um, from... Oh, no, this week, I should say. It was earlier this week, got the all-clear in the US. Well, um, not quite, though, is it? Well, the uh, yeah, injunction yeah, to yeah, block yeah. it was thrown out. But the FTC still want to probe. It's going to be starting in August, isn't it? Yeah, but Microsoft's, a, Microsoft's marketing engine are going full steam ahead, but saying they that are. basically they yeah, are. it's over. But this is not anything to do with it. Instead, this is a full-blown regulatory uh, and competition probe, isn't it? It is. So cast your minds back till I don't know when it was, a very long time ago. Microsoft <laughs> oh, started bundling Internet Explorer, didn't they, with Windows uh, yeah. to the detriment of, was it Netscape Navigator at that point, wasn't it? Uh, and yeah, they were forced to create N versions of Windows. It didn't come bundled with uh, no. The N was uh, the N was Media Player, wasn't it? There was another one with Internet Explorer. Uh, but yeah, that was then, back in I think back in one I believe was it? Yeah. Time, yeah, it was. But now, yeah, they're now being called over the bundling of products with Office three six five, which is basically Teams, isn't it? So it was a bit of an uproar back in twenty. Oh, 20, somewhere around there, when uh, Microsoft started bundling their teams with Office 365. Uh, Slack put in a, what, an official anti-competitive complaint, didn't they, about that bundling, saying it was basically pushing them out of the market. Yeah, so this is now kicking off. So there's been many complaints over the last couple of years, and I think this is why it's coming to a head, isn't there? Um, and we've had, what, uh, in Germany, we've had Nextcloud. They, they filed a complaint with the EU about bundling of OneDrive with Windows. Uh, other cloud providers, uh, both EU and global ones, have uh, had a bit of a moan about Microsoft software on its own clouds and how it's more expensive to run it on theirs versus running it on Azure. Yeah, I mean, even Google highlighted that it's uh, Microsoft's own advertising for this as it's five times cheaper than rival platforms when running its own software. 
I mean, effectively, they, they, that guy was the the VP, um, general manager of platform yeah. at Google Cloud. Basically, he said it was a tax, wasn't it? The tax Microsoft, yeah. who want, when you want to run uh, their products on other cloud, so you know you, you can do it, but it'll cost you, which is yeah. very anti, you know, it's an anti competition position. I mean, the whole Slack thing, as you say, just uh, the complaint from Slack, I should say, sorry, the whole uh, just screams of like the Internet Explorer and Netscape view of before. And, does, and yeah. Microsoft, you know, they're bundling Teams not only with Office, but they're bundling it with Windows as well. So if you've got Windows 11, Teams comes built in. Though that now mm. has been decoupled, hasn't it? I believe in the latest it has. inside the builds. No, I imagine that's slightly different. That's team, the consumer Teams, isn't it? Well, uh, yeah, but, uh, but also Teams, you can, there was a question around, you can uh, end up with two versions because well, yeah. the corporate version is there as well. Um, and the OneDrive piece, I kind of get that. But then I also think about Mac OS, that if you've got an Apple account, which is, let's be honest, 99% yeah. of people who run a Mac have got an Apple <laughs> yeah, account. Yeah, I imagine nearly everyone, yeah. You get you get access to iCloud. So they yeah. get free from there. So you could argue that, but I suppose <laughs> the point is that Mac OS is not a dominant platform, is it, in the same way that Windows is? Um, and the but it's a dominant that... platform on Apple hardware. Well, yeah, but nobody... <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're in lies your point. Nothing else runs on Apple hardware, does it? So... It used to. I mean, <laughs> Apple have now locked Microsoft out. <laughs> and, well, yeah, it is true. It is true. But I mean, I just... What's worrying here is that have Microsoft not learned from you know 20 odd plus years ago where you know, not only was it the eu but obviously it was the us themselves wasn't it that um took microsoft to court around the monopoly of its uh, the pc market yeah but i'd argue they have learned because what really happened in next next door or edge is still bundled with windows yeah. uh you could argue, okay they're not the dominant but edge is far behind chrome i wouldn't have imagined it's the number two spot anyway um, on desktop browsers, I should say. Uh, the whole thing with the media player. Whoever whoever bought or downloaded the end version. Well, this is, you, you've got a very good point there. I think, you know, i.e., whilst it was the de facto browser purely because it was present, Chrome slowly and ultimately ate away at its market share, didn't it? <clears> it from did, yeah. Now, the only change to that in recent times is that Edge now is built using a Chromium engine. So yep. Edge is, you know, for all intents and purposes, Edge is as good, in my view, is is as good as um, Chrome is. Um, you know, you can even use the same plugins and all that kind of stuff. Yep. It's not really, you know, apart from a, apart from the look and feel, there's not really much difference, is there, to be fair? No, it's not. On, on what they are. So I kind of, in that view, you see. But yeah, you're right, with Media Player, I mean... Most people just ended up using Media Player because it was there. I mean, those of us that were in the know, we you know, you downloaded um, Winamp, DLC or Winamp, or, or yeah. You know, do I miss Winamp? Um, but yeah, you're right. What really changed? Nothing, you know, in that sense. And now yeah, they got, got a bit of a slap. They got a fine. They had to create a, another version of Windows. But ultimately, nothing really happened. No, nothing, nothing, nothing applied at all. I mean, you know, Microsoft tried to appeal against it back then. You know, they they had other issues and i think you know what we ended up really was you know what, what we had the browser wars didn't we you know the time we had ie the ie became removed or was a proposal wasn't it to remove it which as you say didn't really happen and it just it just wasn't there i think you, the, the the only problem though was i think if i recall was when they were talking about removing ie or if you removed ie from windows back in the day yeah you broke other applications if you recall didn't you you, you know stuff well, yeah work. it was very very heavily intertwined with the core of windows yeah and i think that's the thing obviously today that doesn't that doesn't factor you can remove any of them without you know real issues but 
teams i think has become um very monopolistic and you know and i hate to say it you know i i do i do find teams now is you know is, you're not competing with Slack, you've got to competing with zoom as well having yeah other perspectives you know there's it's not just one it's just not one um area that they're they're working on but i mean personally i mean we use both at work you know for different yep. reasons don't we what's your go-to what do you prefer personally personally i prefer teams just because I think it combines it all in one. Okay, it's a bit clunky at times. And so there are moments when you go, really? Why is it doing that? Uh, but, you know, it's got, yes, Slack does voice and video, but it's not really your go-to in Slack. If you're using Slack, you generally fire up a Zoom or something to go and do an actual video call. Whereas yeah. Teams is all in one. I can then access my OneDrive and access my files. I can make wiki sites if I want to. Uh, and, of course, it integrates perfectly with Office. <laughs> I I have to agree. I mean, I, I was on a Slack huddle earlier, you know, so that Slack's oh, kind of, oh, you know, yeah. and it's doesn't happen very often. No, it's random. So you know, it was it's just random, but mm. it's very clunky. Um, you know, and if you're on a Zoom and you're doing the chat notes and everything in a Zoom, it's you kind of once they're gone, unless you record it, where do you get? You know, it's it's not overly simple to recover the the messages in the chat. Whereas you're not. Right, if you fire, if you fire up a Teams meeting, that stays in your Chat yeah, you've got it all. It does, yeah. yeah. And uh, Zoom's the other competitor, but at a previous company, we used Zoom for chat as well. You did, I recall, yeah. Oh, yeah that was yeah. terrible. It, it's not a chat client. I, I, view, yeah, I view Slack as a chat client only, and Zoom as a video chat kind of thing only, and even though they both do the other bits, not really. Yeah, I'm not suggesting Microsoft are doing the right thing here. But, you know, they have put a lot of effort into Teams. Teams has become a lot more useful in terms of its capabilities. When it first launched, you know, it did seem like a poor man's slack, I think. And it was like, yeah, you know, definitely. But the problem we've gone now is we've gone from one extreme to the other. We've gone from it being a competitive product that was very useful to trying to do everything and doing it quite well in some places, but typical Microsoft trying to do everything. And also now, as you say, Microsoft doing it well. We'll just bundle it together. And the thing is, you know, if you get the was it the it was the five licenses, wasn't it? You know, that got you Teams plus everything else. Yep. Uh, you know, the Office now they're talking E six licenses and they're bundling in security as well. And there's another, in, there's another, um, I think potential antitrust view coming down that road with those licenses as well. So, yeah, Microsoft, I think you know have got, have got a short memory on, on what they're doing here. Uh, and I think this time they probably will get a heavy slap from from the EU on this. Um, at the moment, obviously, we're you know they haven't launched that probe yet. You know that it hasn't actually happened. Um, no. It's still working uh, in terms of working through that. Um, but the, their competitors are circling the wagons, as it were, aren't they, to say this needs to be done? Um, so we'll yeah, see. I suppose even at this point, if they then go, okay, fine, we'll remove it from Office. It's an optional download, or you have to download it separately, or whatever. So it's not bundled in the installer. There's enough people using it now that will just go and download it. There's enough people with an E5 license or, you know, or, yeah, which will just then go and use it. See, Microsoft always seems to be at the minute. Is Microsoft, I kind of see at the moment, is like not the innovator. They're doing an Apple. They don't necessarily lead the market in capability and product. They see what others are doing and they basically enter that market and because of their size and power, they swamp it. Now, I know Apple do that. We've often talked about how Apple don't necessarily innovate on features and capabilities, say, on the iPhones. Yeah. But Apple then define a build a market around it, don't they? And they do that yeah. very well. Microsoft, on the other hand, 
is always the 500 pound gorilla in the room, isn't it? That you know, slowly and surely it gets closer and closer to you. Yeah, I mean, sure, if you I think their motto is just to do good enough, if they can do just good enough, that when it's bundled for free, you won't go looking elsewhere. No, because why, why would you? It's you know, why do I want to spend more money for something else when actually, you know, what, like you say, yeah, this, this does what I need, you know. Yeah. And I think that's that's the issue here is that Microsoft are playing in so many different market spaces that you can't help but say there's some antitrust issues going on here, and especially monopolization across the board. So, yeah, look, I, this is probably well overdue. Um, whether it's going to change yep. anything, who knows, but it's definitely way overdue on this point. Yeah. All right, so talking then of, uh, you know... <laughs> Things are overdue, possibly people's pay. Um... <laughs> uh, Mr. Musk, Mr. Yes. Musk. Yes. So, so do you remember when Twitter fired everyone, don't you? Oh, sorry, um, um, uh, made them resign, gave them the option, you know, if they weren't hardcore enough, they could walk out the door kind of thing. Oh, it doesn't seem that long ago, does it? No, it does not. But apparently it was last year. Um, so, um, yeah, so it started about a year ago. Basically, a lot of people weren't happy with that. They took uh, Twitter, must to court, uh, to basically force them to pay up what they'd been promised. You know, they'd put certain pay, certain redundancy pay, and Musk hadn't paid any of it, really. So they took them to court. And unfortunately, the court sided with Musk and Twitter and forced those people into arbitration. Now, it seems that uh, we've seen the same people assuming again because Twitter themselves have refused to engage in the arbitration process despite having compelled employees into arbitration to begin with. I mean... Can't make this stuff up again, can you? It's just no. So, I mean, basically, Twitter won't come to the table. They won't arbitrate simply because the company doesn't want to pay for arbitration. So, say, like we're speaking off air, it's like Musk didn't realise that when you go into arbitration, the people, the company actually has to pay for it. Um, yeah, um, I just don't know. Begin with this one. It's just it's it's not surprising, is it? Really, no, to be honest. No, no. Uh, so basically, what happens in the arbitration is the employees have to pay like a nominal filing fee. Uh, to be part of it, and then uh, and that's filed with uh, the Judicial Arbitration and Mediation Services, or JAMS. That's a great catchy name, yeah. yeah. But after that, say Twitter has to pay all of arbitration fees. So, I mean, they could be looking. It's two thousand employees. If we look at the millions, they have to pay for things like um, where is it? I've got a list of it here. So they bet they have to pay an hourly rate set by the individual arbitrators to pay two thousand dollars per counterclaim pay professional fees covering all hearings, pre- and post-hearing readings and research, award preparations. Let's pay case management fees as well. So there's a long list of fees and things I'll have to pay for during this arbitration. Uh, but, yeah, Twitter said they're not willing to pay for it. Uh, so the jams can't actually do a proper arbitration because part of their rules are that Twitter will need to pay for it. So these poor, these poor ex-employees are stuck in limbo. I mean, just you have to ask yourself again with Twitter, with Musk particularly. Some where is the legal aspect here of somebody going to him, Elon? We need to deal with this. This you know this isn't going to go away. This is going to get worse. Uh, you know, <clears throat> the, you, you are, they're talking yeah. potentially millions, as you say, on the table here, isn't it? There could be um, just it's and that's just fees. That's just the fees. That's not yeah. what you have to pay out to the actual people afterwards. It's just, crazy. It just again, it is crazy, and it, you know, 
Twitter will not, you know, if you've been laid off or you were terminated and it was a breach of your contract, yeah, you certainly, uh, you certainly need to be um, paid. You know, don't you? I think you know, there's right Definitely. there, you have a legal obligation. But you know, it just seems that, you know, since Twitter became a private company, Elon Musk doesn't give a monkeys about any HR regulation or legal law, illegal legalities in any jurisdiction globally. It's just whatever he wants, isn't it? Um, yeah. And it's it's going to cost them a lot of money, and there could be, I guess, additional legal uh, grievances held here. I just yeah, I, I, I struggle. I mean, I mean, you know, we have a laugh sometimes, but I just kind of struggle on the on the reality of what he thinks is going to happen. I don't know. He's uh, I, yeah, the mind boggles. He's clearly juggling far too many things of all these different companies. Well, um, the other thing we're kind of forgetting here is it isn't just him now, is it? It's uh, Linda Yaka. What's that? I hear her name wrong, isn't it? Yaka Yakarino. Yeah, Yaka Serino. Or I apologise, I've got that wrong. But uh, does she actually have any power? Well, she's the CEO. You'd like to think ultimately the buck stops with her, but we know in reality it doesn't. We've heard nothing from her, really. No. She should be the one speaking up here, saying mm-hmm. this is what's happening. Uh, this is, you know, the what situation, or we are going to support. This. You should be hearing a statement from her. Um, it's just instead, you've got Musk on just, Twitter, just yeah, making up stuff as he goes along. Yeah. Whereas, I think before he's got away with it because the companies weren't big enough or people didn't. You know, but Twitter is front and center, isn't it? Right in front of everything. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Twitter refuses to pay. And that's pretty much just sums it up, isn't it? Or actually, <laughs> that should be a strike through. Musk refuses to pay. Yes, it should be. Uh, speaking of Musk and his other ventures, um, <laughs> we hear he's in trouble again with the uh, is it National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Ah, yes. The uh, the uh, autopilot, isn't it? yeah, autopilot full self driving mode isn't full self driving mode, uh, it's come back to bite him. Um, so yeah, they are after a load of information from him, aren't they, to do with uh, investigations in where, where people have died or been badly injured while using autopilot. Um, so yeah, they want this whole list of information, so they want what. Well, ah, I mean, it's huge, and it's going to be covering a number of it. It's like they've got a full rundown of information on vehicles, including investigations. So all Tesla vehicles, model years, uh, 2014, 23, equipped with auto parts, but now every vehicle ever shipped with it. Uh, the software, the firmware, and the hardware versions of each and every Tesla, where the vehicles have a cabin, cabin camera installed, when the vehicle was admitted to the beta program, dates of the most recent software firmware updates. Um, so it's an estimated, what, 830,000 vehicles, and they won it by July the 19th. So what we are now, 14th. So five days. But it was two five weeks days. when it was first yeah. announced. You've got five days left. And if they don't comply, uh, they can be fined uh, as high as $26,000 per violation per day. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Is each car, uh, is each car a violation if they haven't submitted it all? Or is what? it each bit of information they want? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean... I would go out and say car potentially. Yeah, because that's a lot of money. Well, I mean, they, they, they reckon that this this there's a there's a limit, isn't there? There's a cap on this, so the cap of the the fine it goes up to one hundred and thirty one million. Um, you know that that's probably not. But is that per violation or all the violations together? I don't know the way the, the way it reads says uh, penalty per violation. Is why I've read that. 
yeah, per violation is 26,000 per violation per day. So capping out 100,000. So, yeah, you keep going till he caps out, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um... <sighs> but this, this, again, it comes, as you say, it comes back to those crashes that were happening. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, you know, it isn't quite what it says it is. And Musk, you know, or so I should say Tesla, have been very cagey around actually admitting what the capabilities are. Now, they... The investigation was is heading towards uh, a recall, isn't it, of the affected vehicles? That's what yes, that's doing. what they're aiming towards, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, you know, apparently there were apparently there were as of February there were three hundred and sixty-two thousand vehicles, approximately, um, that were equipped with the full self-driving beta, uh, and this apparently was stopping giving the the the, the, the software was ignoring um, road signs. Um, it didn't really understand how to operate around a junction or an intersection, as the Americans yeah. call it. Uh, and it basically proves the point that the the statement is is that they're not truly full autonomous self-driving. No. Uh, it, it was tagged more as a driver assist or a super cruise. Um, yeah. You know, and there are other vehicles I've seen, some other high-end brands, not necessarily Teslas, that can do the, you know, break at the lights, can't they? Those kind of stuff. If yep. the car stops in front of you, they can move out of that lane kind of thing. You know, that, that again, is not what you'd call full self-driving. That is more of a, a high-capacity cruise control, isn't it, really? It is, exactly. Uh, I see one of the other points, the uh, NH. TSA were trying to make was that you know uh, it's just the degree to which autopilot and search test systems may exaggerate exacerbate sorry exaggerate human factors or behaviour safety by undermining the effectiveness of the driver's supervision. Basically saying that you know it's, it's built as full self driving, so users just switch off and expect it to do everything. So they are a lot more risky while in the car. Yeah, I mean the, the NHTSA themselves class the autopilot as a level two automated driver assist, don't they? That's yeah. what they call it. <clears throat> they do, yeah. Um, and that's that's what uh, that's what the authorities and no matter what Musk or Tesla say, uh, that is what they class the the autopilot in uh, Tesla's causing us. And what was it? How many accidents? Nearly eight hundred accidents, wasn't it? I think is the I can't remember. I think yeah, I read that in the notes. Eight hundred, nearly eight hundred accidents have been involved. Tesla Tesla's equipped with autopilot have been involved in. I mean now. Given the amount of accidents happen with cars and the amount of miles that they're driven, I, I mean, I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to speculate that that's good or bad. But I suspect when you look at the amount of mileage, that's probably relatively low, potentially. But, that, you know, more than one accident, of course, is uh, is not bad. You know, let's be honest, isn't it? Any accident where somebody may be hurt or killed, which have happened, mm-hmm. certainly is one accident too many. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and we are heading into a world where uh where you know i guess you know these adas systems are going to become normal aren't they really they are and i was just just having a quick google now to see if there are actually any level three or four uh, autonomous vehicles and mercedes is the only one what with a level four? level three level three well, there you go there you go you know look the tesla for me when it first came out and it, it felt like it was I remember having a go on it uh, as in a car with it, and it was impressive, but it felt gimmicky. It felt novelty, you know. Yep. And I think, and I've said to you before, I think, you know, I personally don't feel comfortable having something drive me. And I think that's purely because we, we've grown up in a world where, you know, that's not how it works, is it? You know, yep. uh, we've grown up in a world where, you know, you drive yourself, and yeah, a cruise control is one thing, but having it drive you, yeah, you know, our children, their their children potentially, 
you know, that would become normal, won't it? I can't You're right. Yeah. I mean, I even feel a bit uneasy with the pod parking at Heathrow. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I was talking to that. I was on that yesterday coming back and it was a late night coming out yeah. of Heathrow. And I swear that thing was going faster than I'd ever felt it go before. <laughs> it was bouncing all over there. I had visions of it leaping off the track. I was like, who's turned this up? Like, it was nuts. Oh, it was absolutely nuts. The speed it was going at was just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. But yeah, definitely, you know, this is something that's going to have to happen. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not shocked at all. But again, no. you know, we're seeing Tesla, we're seeing Tesla, you know, not push back on this. Again, no. I wouldn't be surprised if Musk is probably pushing down from the top, isn't he, to don't give up this information? Maybe. But I mean, the US Department of Justice are also kicked off a criminal investigation into basically the same stuff as the NHTSAR. Yeah, it's 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 going to happen. You know, there has to be if these systems to be there, they have to be safe, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And I say, I think if Musk just set the tone right from the beginning that this wasn't full self driving, this was super cruise or assisted or whatever, we'd be in a different situation. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody'd be querying this. You know, you'd you'd be kind of saying, and if accidents happen, then obviously there would be the right investigation into it. But it wouldn't be trying to define reality of what is it, you know, is it a, a self-driving system? Is it not, you know, all those sort of things. We'd, at least we'd know where we stood in terms of what the capabilities of it were, as yeah. opposed to the marketing department uh, telling you what it does. <laughs> or Musk. Or Musk. Well, let's park Musk for a minute then. Uh, sorry, park. Oh, that was a bad analogy, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Razor. And apparently there has been a breach, hasn't there? Uh, now, this hasn't been officially stated yet. We should we should yep. be very clear. An alleged breach. Um, but Razor have stated that they are investigating what their words are, a potential hack of their systems, which may have impacted, uh, was it the Razor Gold digital currency? So a crypto coin. Um, uh, it's, no, it's not a crypto coin. No. Or well, well, it's just a virtual gold, currency, digital wallet. Yeah, it's not sorry, yeah, Bitcoin, crypto, or anything like that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's their way that you can then buy stuff from their store, isn't it? It is. So have you got uh, gold, mm. did Razor Gold then? Oh, I have no idea. I might do. I, I, I mean, if they've been hacked, I possibly don't have any more, even though I did have some. Um, <laughs> no. I have so, some Razor products, though. Yeah, true. As I was gonna say, so there, this has been first repeated, first reported on Twitter by FalconFeeds.io. Uh, and apparently, what they reported was that uh, somebody in the forums, um, in the hacker, in one of the hacker, or I love that word, hacker forums. Let's just talk about it. One of the criminal under mm. you know dark forums. Yep. Uh, was claiming that they had a Razor database, which included, uh, not limited to, source code encryption keys. Uh, um, it said the you know were available. Now, this claim has not fully been verified, but what we should be aware of that there was um, a Razor leak three years ago in 2020, and that leaked over a hundred thousand accounts, uh, and these were the Razor kind of uh, user accounts, weren't they? That you know. Yeah. Uh, you or I might have had for um, this, the uh, what's the word the the, the, the equipment is it? What's the yeah uh, like the keyboards, the mice and stuff yeah, you've got yeah. yeah. 
But this particular one uh, is linked to their currency. Now, the guy is asking, or person, I shouldn't say guy, could be a woman, could be anybody, I should say. Uh, they want a hundred thousand US dollars in Monaro. Uh, Monero, Monaro, Monero, Monero. What the hell is Monero? Then I realized, that, of course, it's it's another digital currency, isn't it? Cryptocurrency. It's an anonymous one, isn't it? One that's designed to be very anonymous, much more anonymous than Bitcoin is. Yeah, so you can't decide for your addresses when you're trading it or the amounts or any of your balances. Or even yeah, the you can't track where it went or anything it like is that. It's untraceable. Uh, currently at the moment, um, they are one Monero. Is it one Monero? They're called XMR coins. Uh, one of them equates to 125 uh, British pounds. Uh, or if you are want to go all the way, let's talk about United States dollars. One will get you 164 US dollars at time of press. So there, you know, 100,000 US um we'll get you what's that 606 coins at the minute yeah yeah exactly um yeah so i mean obviously this is a potential hack uh razor have said they're investigating and you know though they've taken extra steps to secure their platform we value security and all that kind of stuff and if they do actually find evidence they'll basically report it to the relevant authorities I love that. Basically, yeah, we're not saying anything to this until yeah. uh, until we know about it. Um, so <clears throat> this rate, you know, this this razor gold piece, then, as you say, so it's it's not a cryptocurrency, as as you rightly pointed out. It is basically you put some money in it. That money then becomes razor gold, isn't it? And yeah. then you can buy stuff with it. You know, <laughs> and I think you, you know, can earn it for doing stuff, and yeah, you can buy other bits and pieces of it. As you said. I hadn't, you know, I honestly hadn't realised that they had this. Well, I logged in uh, and I did click the gold button and it says, uh, you don't, I don't have a wallet, so... Uh... Oh, well, there you go, good. So, I'm good. <laughs> but the worry is, again, though, is if it's not just Razor Gold, you know, could they have accessed other Razor information, uh, you know, on, on you know, customer accounts, i.e., you know, if you or I have yeah. got, you know, Razor software. Now, the screenshots that the hacker posted in the particular forum of choice, which are they doing... Uh, now it could have been anybody's, but it it you know it does does have kind of interesting words against it. It talks about vaults, wallets, payment channels. Uh, now, as we've seen in the past, uh, you know sometimes that can become from third parties, can't it? Because yeah. we saw Doctor, if you recall. Um, but you know, I think the fact that Razor have come out and said we've been made aware of potential breach probably implies that this data is theirs. Now, whether it's recent data or not is anybody's guess. And we shouldn't really speculate on that because, you know, people's data are a bit riskier. But, you know, yep. this is just, again, another another one to add to the list, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's going to keep on happening. So I wonder whether or not uh, Razor are going to apps have to announce this. You'd think, again, given who they are, it would make good sense for them to make an announcement. Um, again, if your data has been it. But I suspect if you are impacted by this, uh, you're going to probably just get the... Uh, uh, standard email of we've been we've had a breach your data was saved nothing's been stolen from it the yep. usual one isn't it you know i've not received any emails yet yeah it's very odd uh very odd indeed a synapse that's the application just 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 come to me yeah that's Why the now? one right so then last week we talked about threads uh so threads is meta's new twitter killer program isn't it you know it is um and uh, this uh this is not, I should state, by the way, this is not the BBC um, series from the 1980s, um, which was about the uh, the basically nuclear war. So just to be 100% clear, we are not talking about a film from the 1980s 
which was a post-apocalyptic uh, nuclear drama about uh, what would happen if a bomb was dropped on a, a city in the UK. We are referring to uh, we are referring to Meta's new application, as to say that uh, uh, is all about killing Twitter. Uh, so last week we talked that it launched. Now since we since we that last week or so, uh, they've kind of gone from strength to strength, haven't they? Really, they have. Yeah, they've apparently what over a hundred million users in under a week. That's pretty impressive. And Threads is built on the same um, software stack that Mastodon is built on, isn't it? So it's exactly it the same software stack. Um, in fact, that you know, it's exactly the same. In theory, what they're saying is, that if you are a Mastodon user, uh, you will be in the future able to connect your Mastodon account uh, to your Threads account. So Threads is, you know, it's exactly what it's designed to be. It's meant to be like Twitter. It's allowing you to share conversations and data in the same way. Um, and it's you know allowed to you know news information. Now I haven't used this, so it is available in the UK. It's available in other territories, including the US. Um, we'll talk about the EU in just a second. Yeah. The one thing I haven't, and again, please keep me honest on this: Do you have to have a Meta account to use Threads, or can you just sign I up for one? Don't know. It seems to be inextricably linked to your Instagram account, from what I can see. Because if you sign up, it will automatically link your Instagram account. Then you can't delete your Fred account without deleting your Instagram account. So that sounds slightly broken. But I don't know if you have to. I presume you sign into Instagram with an Instagram account and not a Meta account, just like you'd sign into Facebook with a Facebook account, not a Meta one. Because there were some, there were some, there were some Twitter um, posts on there about saying, you know, if you deactivate your Threads account, you yeah. then uh, so you then can delete. Um, Sorry, basically, if you delete it, as you say, uh, it will delete your Instagram content. But apparently yeah. you can deactivate it and go through a whole palaver of then going through and de deleting individual posts. Um, but it is, as it seems to be, locked or powered by the Instagram, um, I guess, yeah. username and password credential system, isn't it, then? <clears throat> I think so. a little worrying uh, <laughs> that if you're tied in there. Well, I presume that's why we've still got issues with it launching in Europe. Yeah, so it launched what back uh back two weeks ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, so it right. on, uh, yeah. you know, uh, first week of July. Um, now a hundred million people are now using, or plus uh, over a hundred million people now are using Threads. It, it got to that point within a week, um, which was you know one of the few applications to get to that uh, speed. Um, and you know it's it's very it's got it's very basic. So as with the launch. Um, it didn't seem to have all the kind of capabilities that you'd expect. Um, there are some concerns already that Threads is being heavily uh, monitored, isn't it? There's a lot around sort of uh, content moderation. Um, <clears throat> people have said that things have been posted and deleted down, but there are also there are other other sort of verification that's saying that um, uh, how they're going to scale or Meta, I should say, is going to scale its content moderation. Uh, to kind of cope with Instagram threads and uh, Facebook as well. Well, you could do um, the the mask version and just don't bother. Well, just don't care, yeah? Yeah, just don't care. <laughs> yeah, so the other thing is that if you're using the web interface, I read this the other day, if you're using the web interface with threads, um, is a lack of, you know, if, if you're a Twitter user, you can go to the website, can't you? And yes. The experience is pretty much the same as a mobile application. Um, 
Apparently, Threads doesn't have a very good web UI at the minute. Um, you can manually view Threads posts by going to people's profiles. Um, there's right. no way to kind of look at your feed or your posts. Uh, apparently, that's all working. They're apparently, according to um, you know, a spokesman for, for Meta, uh, the, the priority for Threads is mobile at the minute. You know, that's right. exactly okay. what it is. Um, now, I did see something else, again, which I wouldn't have thought about, but again, you know, it's important. It's around accessibility. Apparently, there's no support for alternative text for photos, um, which you can do there. There's Ouch. some other basic available accessibility is missing. Um, you can't so you apparently, unless it might have changed, you cannot search for posts using hashtags. Um, hmm. But what I'm seeing, and I don't, again, from a different point, is... I'm seeing a lot of people sign up for the. I'm going to use a bad term here. I'll get shot. The lols. I know. Oh, yeah. I signed up for Twitter account, <laughs> account because you know everybody else is doing it. I just, I, I haven't a bit like Mastodon. I, I don't, I don't know. Have you got the urge to do it? Have you done it? I no, no, I, I've not done it. It's uh, Facebook, isn't it? So that's um, dead in the water to me, yes. basically. Um, yeah. I do have a Mastodon account. I probably logged in three or four months ago was the last time. I did start off with, but the content just wasn't there to begin with. No, and I personally found that Mastodon <clears> just was different. I mean, with It's not know, user we friendly. More, no, we're more technical than the average user, I suspect, you know, but uh, that I still found it not a great experience um, and you know to use. And you're right. And threads, yeah, for me, you're right. The fact that it's meta, that's killed it without any shadow of a doubt. I won't be touching it at all. Um and it is apparently that Threads, you know, did launch mainly with a lot of the creator or influencers um, initially with that, uh, you know, and then they're doing that. So for me, it does seem like they're trying to, they're trying mm. to just push, um, you know, I guess content. Does that makes sense, you know. Yep. Now the other interesting part was that the Threads doesn't have a chronological feed. Now, if you've known anything about Twitter in the last few months, um, that's one of the things that ruined it, hasn't it? Is that you know when you go into Twitter now, yep. you have the you have the uh, following and for you. Yes, um, you do. Piece, and the for you piece is a non-chronological, basically dump of interesting things that may or may not be people that you follow. And then the following tab is people that you are actually uh, following. following. But again, not necessarily in chronological order is it it, no. it's, it just doesn't make any sense and the whole thing but i want to see i want to see chronological feeds i mean apparently instagram took that away but they eventually brought it back now apparently threads are working on chronological feed, feed, feeds um but why would you just if you want to make a better application than twitter why would you not try and at least mirror some of the better things that were there i just <laughs> Just maybe, it's maybe I'm early know, days. I think they've rushed to get it out. Well, they have rushed to get it out, and that rush, uh, that launch, um, hasn't gone unnoticed, has it? So, I mean, before we talk about the delay in Europe, uh, obviously, uh, Mr. Musk, who we talked about earlier, uh, is quite upset about it, isn't he? Well, just a tad. He got his lawyer, his personal one, is it Alex Spiro? Oh, his personal attack dog. His personal attack dog to write a letter, a strongly worded letter to Meta. <laughs> Uh, basically, basically, he's he's accusing of uh, poaching former employees and un, unlawful misappropriating trade secrets and intellectual property. So it says Twitter intends to strictly enforce its intellectual property rights and demands that Meta take immediate steps to stop using any Twitter trade secrets 
or other highly confidential information. So Twitter reserves all rights, including but not limited to, the right to seek both civil remedies and injunction relief without further notice of any further retaliation, disclosure, or use of intellectual property. Yeah, so obviously Meta is saying, yeah, we've hired some Twitter employees, basically. There were a lot of them who didn't have a job. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, but none of them have worked on the Fred, Fred's engineering team. I mean, let's be honest. Musk's view is, uh, I don't want them, but nobody else can have them. Can't That's actually, it, yeah, so, yeah. And we won't uh, pay them either. So. <laughs> so you are a highly skilled software developer who's got experience in working on social media networks. And all of a sudden, another social media network says, do you want a job? You're probably going to go. Gonna go yes. Um, and I'm not entirely convinced, though, to say that they haven't worked on any of the engineering. No, I'm not 100% convinced by that one either. But, I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> what... <laughs> I mean, you can't, must kind of have it both ways. I mean, what did he expect? You're going to sack these people who have done a great job. They, what do you, they're just not going to sit there and wait for you not to pay them, are they? You know, no. And even if you do pay them, they're still going to actually have to get a job at some point to continue paying those bills. Yeah, and you know, I'm not suggesting they shouldn't go working with us, but again, if you've got a certain set of skills, I mean, it sounds a bit like uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Liam Nielsen. Uh, Taken. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah. You know, you're going to want to use those skills, aren't you? Um, Ooh, I'm yeah. not suggesting that, you know, they want to be for, they're, they're all for Meta, because I'm sure a lot of them probably have their own views on Meta themselves. But, yeah, you'd want to go do it. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that Twitter has got grounds to say that Meta's poached those employees. I think probably more to the point that <clears> they, they were there on the bench. And, yeah, like you say, <laughs> as far as Twitter... Meta concerned, offered them the job. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Cool. So... You know, we're going to keep an eye on threads going forward. Um, at the moment, I say in the UK, you can use it. But if you're in the European Union, um, it hasn't launched yet, has it? Which is probably, you know, missing quite a large share of market space. Oh, just a tad. Uh, the, the hypothesis, they haven't said why, but the, the, the leading theory is it's to do with our Digital Markets Act uh, come out, isn't it? Mm. At one point in particular, because it prevents companies like big companies like Meta from reusing users' personal data, including their name and location, across its products for targeted advertising, you know, without user consent. Now, Meta's own privacy policy discloses that it does do, in fact, do that. Uh, sure. So it's going to have to change at some point uh, to be able to, any of their products to be, in, you know, to work in Europe. Because they currently do it across Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram. They all share data for their advertising purposes. Hmm. I would imagine that the DMA is probably having a large impact on how they want to operate. And given their obviously their existing applications, Instagram and Facebook are already there, they can't do anything about it. With threads, they're probably going to want to avoid any issues, aren't they, doing that? Um, so I imagine and, and they'll, they'll, they'll delay that until they've managed to sort out their other apps. Yeah, exactly. Especially around the data sharing, uh, you know, the, the bit about market thresholds as well, isn't it? You know, and abusing that, like you say. Uh, you know, the, there are other companies, and Google and TikTok um, were also designated as what they call gatekeepers, wasn't it, in yeah. this data? Uh, and they've got six months to prepare before if they can have an enforcement action because you know, the DMA isn't, doesn't come into force until 24. But I mean, I, I can't, I, I can't see how Threads is going to generate any additional data beyond what's going on with with Instagram or um, uh, Facebook. Because if you're going to use the same login information, you know, they're going to have that already, aren't they? It's it's whether or not the, the how they can leverage it to uh, for advertisers. I guess. Yep, target advertising. Yeah. 
uh, that's probably more the point is it around how they can leverage it for target advertising um but i just yeah i, I would be interested to see how this is doing i mean we've seen it wasn't it we saw you know with the dm well pre-dma uh we saw oculus uh or i should say quest isn't it um the the disconnection of the facebook accounts from the oculus yeah uh, sign-ins wasn't it um you know that took a couple of years but now meta have done that i think as of as of early was it early this year or i think it was uh, early this year. yeah early this year or maybe late last year yeah I mean, so you got the DMA allows fines up to ten percent of annual 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 revenue for violations and up to twenty percent for repeated infringements. Now, the, the GDPR, <laughs> we all know Meta likes a repeated. Yeah, alongside and don't forget GDPR is still there as well. The GDPR is up to ten percent of annual annual revenue yeah. as well, isn't it? So, you know that that could be a lot of money uh, that uh, Meta could be slapped with, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Now, I guess one of the things I saw in one of the one of the one of the articles that we were doing for research, you know, one of the kind of I guess hypotheses around how they could avoid this would be to allow people to sign up for just a Threads account, was it, rather than using Instagram? Yeah, but I can't see Meta doing that. I, I Meta want to keep you in their ecosystem. They want to keep you inside your thing. And the fact if you've got uh, if you sign up for a Threads account that then becomes an Instagram account or vice versa, well, that's perfect, then, isn't it? Because you're going to stay within that bubble. Yep. No? Yeah, no. I just yeah. To me, it just seems. I think you know, launching in the US, exploding in um, other was it up to a hundred, a hundred, a hundred countries, uh, that, you know, globally uh, is going to allow them to try and build the application, build you know into it, and then I guess you know, any EU launch, you're right, is going to be post any changes in those other applications going forward. Um, but yeah, I, I'm. I'll be honest with you, I'm not for this. You know, um, just, no, no. What's happened to Blue Sky? I've not heard anything about those guys. Well, Blue Sky apparently had to calm down their um, um, their what's it? Their onboarding of users. Onboarding. I can't think of the word there. Yeah, uh, because apparently there was an influx of people um, with um, Twitter. Well, the, the implosion of Twitter. Um, but apparently, it's turning into another Twitter. From what I read from a couple of people that have got access to it. Yeah. Um, but I'm up for it. I, I look, I'm I'm keen to use. I it. mean, I signed up for the beta. I don't know probably four one four or five months ago, but still don't have my invite. No, um, I do think it's ironic that Blue Sky has a Twitter account. <laughs> Does um, it? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I, you're right. It's gone very very quiet around that. You know, I've not seen any major news announcements, uh, anything to suggest that um, they are close to a launch. Yeah, uh, it's still very much people getting their own um, their own access. Yeah, in um, giving you then an invite code, but the wait list, yeah, appears to be infinitely long at the minute. Um, yeah, maybe one day. Maybe one day, you know. No, I think the problem is with threads is probably lack of privacy. Blue Sky is probably you know. Um, uh, was it you know going to probably become some kind of walled garden? I did read somewhere. I think they've only got fifty thousand users at the moment. Oh, have they? Okay, that's yeah. not a lot, is it? Um, you're only allowed two hundred fifty-eight characters per post. There's no web app, no direct messaging, no video. It's purely text. Oh, purely mobile. But you can customize your feeds. Okay, well that's a bonus. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's still running on their own data center. It's not in a like an AWS or a Google or anything, you know. Oh, uh, okay. 
I, I think they'll probably move to a Mastodon style approach if it takes off because that's the only way to do it, isn't it? Hmm. Um, but Mastodon again, I don't think has quite grasped the media like you know the mass media, sorry, uh, like Twitter has, is it? No. Um, I've seen a lot of people who have said that you know if Twitter goes down the down the shoot, as it were, they're not gonna they're gonna go. They just give up with it. They just won't do it. Yeah. 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 But there we go. Well, on that point, then, I feel it is time for... The Tech Rat Rumour. And this week, only one rumour in the pot, but it's about the iPhone 15, isn't it? And a a big boost in the juice. Exactly. Uh, I say, these rumours are going to come thick and fast now, aren't they? We're ramping (laughs) up to September. There'll be an iPhone 15 rumour every week, I imagine. Uh, but yeah, the big one really is by uh, is it a user on Weibo. Is that the Chinese social media? Maybe we'll all join that. Yeah, we could do, yeah. We could Chinese. join that one. We'll have a presence on Weibo. Uh, but yeah, uh, apparently he's been correct before. But uh, the, the rumor is that there's going to be some big jumps in battery capacity, uh, ranging from what 18% increase on the standard iPhone 15 uh, and what, 10.9% on the Pro Max and somewhere in between for the other ones. Uh, I wouldn't turn down another ten percent battery. Certainly help. Not not at all these days. <laughs> and that's right. And that's that's battery size, isn't it? Capacity. There could yeah. still be further increases with better uh, production on the chips themselves. I mean, you know. So what's so what we're looking at? So what's what's it kind of topping out in terms of the old milliamps, isn't it? Is it oh, milliamps? well, the biggest one is the actual fifteen plus, not not, not the Pro Max. That's got a, allegedly a four thousand nine hundred twelve milliamp battery. That's how has the plus got a bigger battery? <laughs> I don't know. It's not by much. Max. I mean, the Pro Max has got four eight five two. So, you know, we're only talking fifty or sixty milliamps, sixty milliamps in it, aren't we? Is that probably? I wonder whether that's because there isn't room in the case, given the larger camera modules and things like that. And the alleged uh, periscope lens and stuff like that. Yeah. I guess that's the way to do it. I mean, look, I mean, the battery life on the 14 isn't too terrible. I will say, you know, my experience is different to most, generally speaking, because I'm one of those people that run the beaters. So battery life, you know, for me, uh, usually gets a bit of a hammering because the beaters aren't optimized. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, look, we're always up for a new battery capability. Let's be honest. You want an extra an extra hour or two of your phone, especially the amount of stuff that your phones do now. They're chewing through battery at uh, rate of knots, aren't they? Yep, you know, with all they the applications are. Uh, especially with 5G. Um, I don't know if you notice that now these days, but 5G does suck the battery, doesn't it? A lot more than um, uh, 4G used to. Yeah, definitely. I'm surprised especially, the 15 especially... Pro will have the smallest battery. Yeah, well, that is... Peculiar, absolutely peculiar. But again, these are rumors. Things these may change. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and Apple don't necessarily come straight out with how many milliamp hours. No, it'll need to be dissected before you figure that one out. <laughs> um, but you're right. You know, if if they do come out with the you know, what is likely to be the A16 processor, uh, you know, uh, we sorry, that's that's the the next one. We are hearing rumors as well uh, that the 15 Pro and Pro Max could jump to the 17. Uh, which has got a three nanometer again that could give better performance as you were saying but yeah you know these rumors are going to come absolutely thick and fast down the next couple of months um you know we're looking at apple day as always probably around the second week of september usually you know so the iphone 15 is probably already in already in production now i imagine i would be surprised if it wasn't oh uh, yeah already. definitely 
Um, so as these as these leaks come out, we will see more and more of them coming forward. But we'll be there to give you them. And then obviously when we get to it, we can tell you whether we were right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. But given the cost of it, as you were saying, you know, the rumored cost of the iPhone 15 as well, they're rumored to go up also. Um, but if you're looking for a new phone card, I've got a 12 Pro here that I could sell you if you want. Oh, yeah, I'll just keep my 14 Pro then, maybe. <laughs> uh, but but how's those scratches going? Any more scratches? Uh, no, I've spotted. Uh, but yeah, it's not looking great, I'll be honest. No, I, I I'm a little I, disappointed. Yeah, I, for me as well. I, they, they, I do, as we talked about before, I do think it is, it is more susceptible to scratches. Actually, I can't remember the last time I... I don't think I've ever put a screen protector on my phone, but I can't remember the last time I had a case. Uh, yeah, I just, I can't remember. So, uh, and they've always been fine. I've never had an issue with them. So why this one? Yeah, very odd, very odd. I wonder what it is. I'm, I am surprised myself, to be honest with you. Um, the 12 Pro is heavily scratched now. Is it? Um, yeah, not to, not to be unreadably scratched, but it's picking up more and more. Uh, going on so mm. it is annoying uh but i i'm guessing yeah given the phone's what two and a bit two years old now <clears throat> yeah surprise um but it given i've had older phones that didn't scratch as much that's that's a surprise you know oh it is yeah i mean i don't know my work one i'm actually not even sure what it is but it, it, it's immaculate um it's a small one <laughs> I can't a 13, I think. is it a 13 is it i'm just going to the 13s yeah yeah, yeah, they're 13s, is the standard ones, but uh, no issue whatsoever. Screen's immaculate. Again, doesn't it's not in a case. It doesn't have a screen protector on. Yeah, iPhone 13. There you go. Better screens, better, uh, better whatever coating yeah. they've got on them. Well, on that note, then, it's probably a good place for us to wrap up for today. We'll be back next week with episode 140. I can't believe that. Unbelievable. Um, of course, we are still on Twitter, as Carl mentioned. Though we <laughs> never know. We may be on Weibo by the time this has gone to, uh, gone to where. Uh, of course, you can find us on Twitter at Weekly Tech Rant. We're also online at techrant.online, where all our show notes are posted as well. And wherever you get your podcast from, wherever you're listening to that. So please give us a like, give us a share, give us a comment. We always like to hear from you and hear your thoughts. And if we're wrong, tell us. If we're right, well, maybe don't tell us, but uh, do get in touch. So with that then, I've been Jay. I've been Carl. Have a good evening, all. <laughs>